This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Talk about prayer and fasting, believe it or not. Are you surprised? No. <laughs> I'm just so blessed by um, those that are responding. So many of you are taking the step. Uh, I kind of put a challenge out last week that if you've been doing a Daniel fast uh, for a few years or just last year, to take a step and fast a day or two days. And many of you are doing three days and where you'll just do juice. And, and God will bless that. That's, a, that's an awesome thing to do. You know, it's amazing how much time you get when you're not eating, how much we think about eating. What are we going to eat? Food has to be prepared, cooked, cleaned up, eaten. It's amazing how much time you get. And especially if you're cutting out TV and all the other stuff, you get some time on your hands. That time you need to spend with the Lord. Take that time and spend with Him. How many have already seen God do something already in the first week of prayer and fasting? Just lift your hand. Wow. Want your testimonies. Want your testimonies. That's, that's probably 20 people right there that have already seen. And many times you see it after the fast. I'm, I can remember wanting to see something or have something happen during the fast. And many times, most of the time, it's later on down, down the road that you see that thing happen or you see the a reward of the Lord that takes place from fasting. But, you know, we're so distracted. When I fast, I realize just what a pull this world has. And, and just good things. It, it doesn't have to be evil things. Good moral things have a pull on us. This, this world has a pull on us. And we can get numb to it or we can... We can get complacent in our relationship with the Lord because of the goodness of God that we experience, a blessing of the Lord in our lives. We can, we can actually put God second and maybe not first, and we become complacent, or we lose our passion, or you lose your, you have a spiritual dullness about you, and you're wondering what's going on. Well, the thing is, you're, you're hooked to the world too much. There's a, a pull on you. Maybe it's entertainment, maybe it's good things, whatever. There's this pull. And a lot of Christians are not in the place where they're pleased with their Christian life or their walk, but they're not miserable enough to seek God for a deeper relationship because they've been numbed by the goodness of God on their life. And they've been distracted from what really is best. They've been distracted by the good and they'll have the best in their life. And that's time with him, spending time with him. One of the branch boys, I don't know which one, uh, told me, I think it was last week, said God's not good at playing hide and seek because if you seek him, you'll find him. I liked it more than y'all did. But it's, it's true. He said, if you'll seek me. And see, when you take time to, to fast and, and pray, take, 
some extra time with him, you're putting your heart into it, you find him. If you look for him, you'll find him. And we need to be looking. We need to have that time. If there was ever a time in the earth we need God, it's now. Amen? And see, we've got to have something in us to give the world. Many Christians are filled up. They're not hungry for God because they're filled up with other things. We're filled up with the things of the world. Not necessarily bad things, but just things. And God's called us to pray and to fast. Let me uh, read to you Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. Kind of our key scripture for this. Jesus speaking, moreover, when you fast. Notice he said, when you fast, not if you fast, not I hope you fast. He said, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces that they may appear the men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when, but you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your Father, who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret, will reward you openly. Well, Pastor, God just not called me to fast. If Jesus wants me to fast, he's going to have to tell me. He just did. He is telling you to fast. Well, I'll have to have somebody have to prophesy to me to fast. You have a more sure word than prophecy, the word of God. And Jesus is saying, I want you to fast. Now, it must be for our benefit if God wants us to fast. Because he loves us more than anyone else loves us. He knows how we are created and what makes us tick. And he said, I want you to fast. Now, I haven't gotten into any of the physical health benefits. And, and really, you can look at a book called Toxic Relief by Dr. Don Colbert. It's one of the books I really recommend. And you see all the benefits of fasting. In fact, they believe that you can fast your way to health from any sickness or any disease. That there's emotional health, stress leaves, your body gets the toxins off, you get energy, you get strength. How? Through fasting. Maybe God knows something. He wants us well. He wants us healthy. And then Isaiah 58, we hadn't talked about, but the fast that God chooses, he talks about your health will rise speedily. It'll come speedily when you fast. So we need the fast. It says, your father who sees will reward you openly. Openly. Say openly. What's that mean? That means others are going to see the blessing of the Lord on your life. People need to see that there's something different about you. People need to see that you're blessed. People need to see that you just don't break down and, and fold up like an old wallet when you get some bad news. 
Maybe you do for a second, and then you turn and you look to Jesus. And people say, well, you're in denial. Yeah, I'm in denial of the effect of this attack against me because I serve a mighty God who will deliver me, who is faithful. Jesus said, fast, when you fast. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I'm under the grace of God. I don't have to do anything. What? Grace causes you to live holy. It teaches you to live holy. It empowers you to do the word. You mean there's still consequences for sin? Yes. Grace empowers you to live above it, not to give in to it. Are you telling me the righteousness of God fast? Yes. If you're the righteousness of God, you will fast. You obey God. I'll give you just a little quick word I got the other day in, in prayer that when it talks about marriage or being bonded with someone, it says, what communion is there with righteousness and unrighteousness or light and darkness. You know what God's calling us there? Righteousness. Now, there's one thing to say, I'm righteous, and that carries some weight. But I got to think about what's the difference. You're saying, you're calling me righteousness. I come up some, I'm righteous. And you think, well, you're probably living a good life, and it means more to us because we understand what, what that means. But I come up and say, I'm righteousness, and I'm light. I don't recommend that. But look in the mirror and say that. That's what God called us. That means at the very root, he sees you holy. He sees you as his cleansed by the blood of Jesus for all eternity, his very own child, son and daughter. Wow. Anyway, back to fasting. This in your notes. Fasting is for a short time, but it produces long-term rewards. It's a short time, and you have to understand that there will come, the fast will end, and you will eat again. The fast will end and there will be meat again for you to feast on. It will come to an end. It's the enemy that's saying, if you don't eat now, you'll never eat again. <laughs> what does the Bible say? If we'll diligently seek him, he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Matthew 9, 14, then the disciples of John came to him saying, why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. Now, how many would agree with me that Jesus has left the earth? Jesus said, the disciples of John come to him and say, 
why don't your disciples fast? We fast. The Pharisees fast. We fast often, but your disciples, they don't fast. And he said, do they need to fast, the friends of the bridegroom, if the bridegroom is with them? If I'm here, do they need to fast? I tell you what, I was thinking, if I was one of the disciples of John, I'd look at my friend and say, hey, we're fixing to have a big meal. <laughs> you mean we've been fasting for nothing? That's what Jesus said. saying. You don't need to be fasting right now. There were some smiles going around. Never mind. <laughs> Jesus is speaking about to us today. He said there was coming a change. There was coming a time that he would be taken away, and then they will fast. He was talking about the change from the Old Testament to the New Covenant. The Old Covenant to the New Covenant. He said, in the New Covenant, they will fast because I'm being taken away. Then they will fast. They need to fast at that time. So it's for our day. It's for us now that we're to fast, we're to pray, we're to seek the Lord. So followers of Jesus, believers are the fast. Notice here the word mourn. It says, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as the bridegroom is with them? The, the word mourn here, and this is in your notes, the word mourn is used interchangeably with fasting. When you see mourn in Christian, in the Bible, you can interchange it with fasting in times. said, uh, he will comfort those that mourn in Zion. There's all kinds of scriptures, and you can put fasting in there. And Matthew 5, 4, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Uh, another word I'll just throw in there is, is humbled, humbling yourself. You can interchange fasting and humble. You find, I humble, David said, I humbled myself with a fast before the Lord. It's humbling the fast. So Jesus, and then he goes, no one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on the old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins break. The wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Now, I've read this, you know, for a long time. What? Say what? What, Jesus? You're talking about fasting. You're saying, this is the reason... My disciples don't fast right now. I'm going to heaven. Then they'll fast. And then he goes, hey, you don't put. <laughs> no one puts new wine into old wineskin. You stay out, it'll burst. Or you put a new patch on clothes, on old clothes. It'll break. You can't do it. what what is this I don't get it what does this have to do with fasting 
he was answering their question because he knew what their next question would be. Okay, they're not the fast now. Why not? Why are they going to start fasting when you're gone? Why? And he answered it right here. <laughs> Let me throw this in because it can be a it can make you think a little bit for you scholars. How did the disciples walk in what they were walking in as far as releasing the Holy Spirit and people being healed and set free? How did they do that if Jesus had not sent the Holy Spirit to them? If he hadn't gone to heaven, the Holy Spirit had been sent. They were actually between covenants in a sense. They were between the old and the new. And what they did, they ministered under Jesus' anointing. He got to 70 and he put his anointing on them. So that's the reason they were able to minister. But a time was coming when Jesus wouldn't be there and they couldn't operate. Believers and disciples couldn't operate under his anointing because he was gone. And that's the time that he's, he's talking about here, this change of covenants. And here's what it means. When Jesus leaves, he has to put, or he puts, his Holy Spirit within your new created spirit. You're a new creation wearing your spirit part. So he puts... The new wine, his spirit within your spirit. It's a new creation that belongs to God, made after God, your spirit. But he has to leave this new wine in old wine skin. The old wine skin is your body. He has to leave this powerful new wine inside of your body. Your body has not been saved. Your body can act up on you. The flesh can rise up. And he says, look, if you will fast, it has the same effect as if you had new wineskin." You can handle the new wine of his spirit. You can have the flow of the power of God. You can have the flow of the love of God. His joy, his wisdom can flow through you when you fast. Or we could say you're putting the flesh down where God can flow through you. And Jesus said, look, I'm going to be gone and my disciples, they will fast then. That's what he's talking about here. He explained to them the reason that we need to fast. There's something about fasting that causes me to be able to flow with God, to hear God's voice, to get his direction, to get understanding, 
to put the flesh down, to say no to the world, no to even the good things that are being the distraction taken away from my time, putting him first, putting the kingdom first. There's something about fasting that causes the flesh to surrender. There's something about fasting that causes me to put my confidence off of myself and put my confidence on God who will never fail. See, when I lose my self-confidence and get my confidence rooted in him who never fails, I'm in a strong place. That's what fasting does. And yes, it, there's a mourning to it. It can be painful. It's not a time of celebration. Oh, let's celebrate, celebrate. Dance to the fast. No, there's no fasting celebration because it's, it's a morning. It's, it's a pressing in time. It's a seeking God time. But when you press in, when you seek him and you lay aside even the legitimate things of this world for him, your first love, he's happy because he loves you so much. And he's wanting time with us. And he says, I'm going to reward you for even being with me. I'm going to reward you so much, it'll be open where everyone can see how much I love you. That's the reward of the Lord. That's the reason that we need to fast. Fasting, that's in your notes, will preserve your old wine skin so the new wine of God's power and love can flow. Until you get your glorified body. You have a glorified body. You don't have to work the one you got too much because your glorified body's got everything you're trying to work out and get. <laughs> Do I believe in working out? Yes, I'm just... I'm just saying, okay. So fasting has the same effect as if you went out and bought a new wineskin. It's powerful. Puts the flesh under submission to your spirit that you can be led by the spirit. Shuts down the flesh. Causes you to be strengthened to stand against the temptations and what the enemy is trying to do in your life. That's the reason when Jesus fasted, he fasted 40 days. He faced Satan head on himself and defeated Satan. Now, I won't get into it, but he was our substitute. He went for us. This thing works. He faced Satan at his most strength. It said that he went in in Luke 4, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. But look what happens after he goes through the temptation, after he goes through the fast. In Luke 4, verse 13, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of, in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through, throughout all the surrounding region. 
he was filled with the Spirit, but after his fast and after beating the temptations of the flesh and what the enemy brought attacking him, he returned in the power. What's He's being the pattern force. You want God's best. You want the power of God. You want his love. You want his strength. You want his wisdom. want those things flowing in you fast. You've got to fast. Because we're surrounded with a world that's wanting to take our time. We're surrounded with a world that there's so many choices and so many things that can grab a hold of you. How many times have we looked at something and just got pulled into it and it's, it's nonsense, something's stealing our time. What am I, I don't know if you've been like me, I thought, what am I doing here watching this crazy thing? But it had taken me in, you know, and I'm watching just pulled in by the things of this world. We got fast. The world needs to see what's inside of us. And it's not coming out of us if the flesh is in the way, if the flesh is stopping us up. You ever been witnessing to someone and another Christian comes over and they're clogged up, they're dominated by the flesh more than the spirit, and you're praying for the Christian to leave because they're messing up your witnessing. I had a guy one time, I was leading to the Lord, and another Christian came up, and he wants to get on some legalistic doctrine thing and he pulled the guy away and we we never got the prayer or anything and it was just a doctrine that this guy disagreed with me about and I went to him I said he was about to pray a prayer of salvation can we lay this thing to aside well no we can't I never did get to pray with that guy. So I, I just pray that. <laughs> now, I will say this. The guy who stole my, the guy that interrupted what was going on came to me a few years later and repented. He said, now I'm like you. I said, you rascal. I'm glad. He said, now I'm like you. I didn't believe in that spirit-filled stuff, but he said, now nah, I am one. <laughs> and we had a great time. He's also the one that said, I'm going to poison you. The Bible says no evil thing will hurt you. <laughs> they poison you, it won't hurt you. He said, I'm going to poison you. I said, just don't let me know about it. I'm not going to tempt the Lord my God. I also didn't take any food from him. But anyway, God didn't raise no dummy here. I'm... (laughs) 
Where am I at? Okay. I better move on. Fasting makes you sensitive to the trash in your life that tries to invade your life. Fasting's like spiritual Drano. It unclogs what needs to be unclogged in your life where the right stuff can flow in your life. The other can get out. Matthew eleven twenty three, and uh, <clears throat> this is interesting thought I had. And you, Capernaum, that's Jesus speaking, you are exalted to heaven and will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. And this hit me a, a different way that Jesus was actually cursing Capernaum. Capernaum was where his headquarter was, and that's where mighty miracles and things happen. And he tells them, if the mighty works that were done in Capernaum had been done in Sodom. Now, we know about Sodom, evil, sinful. But it said, if the mighty works that were done in Capernaum had been done in Sodom, that city would have remained. It would not have received the judgment of God. They would turn to God. Do we need some mighty works flowing through some Christians? Do we need some Christians that are full of character and integrity, who are walking the walk, just not talking the talk, but living the life? Do we need some Christians that pray and power's released and people are healed and people are set free? Do we need some Christians that the peace of God has invaded their life to the point that they walk in that peace? And when people are around you, when they're suffering, when they're hurting, the peace of God comes on them and they're never the same again? Do we need some Christians that are so connected with Jesus that they can hear his whisper when he says, pray for this person, they've just lost a loved one. Will you come with my love? Will you be my mouthpiece? Will you be my hands? Will you be my feet? Will you speak to them and love on them just for a moment? Don't do it in a spooky, weird way. Just come up and say, can I pray for you? and minister to them. Do we need some Christians that will get out of the lazy boy and stop being comfortable in their comfortableness and in their place in Christ? And will they rise up and walk out and fulfill Father's heart? Will there be a people that will rise up and say, I'm going to be a Christian that will do what God says, what he shows me to do, I will do it, and I will fast and be in the place that the flesh will not dictate to me and cause me to shrink back and not move forth in the spirit where I'm supposed to, and I will love people and I'll see them raised up, I'll see them transformed, I'll see them changed, and I'll give the glory to Jesus. I'll point the way. I will be a laborer. I will take up that ministry of reconciliation that's been given to every believer, and I'll take it seriously. I'll stop just being a back, a backslidden, unpassive, as Leon would say, mammy, pamby. Don't know it all. I don't know his whole list. But I want to be on fire for God. I want to serve him. First two or three days of the fast, I couldn't even pray. I just wound up in worship. I was telling Ellen, I'm just worshiping. 
It felt so good. Just take extended times of worship. I, I realized that my, my prayer life, I, I, I pray a good bit. But I have my ones, my, my list. You know, I'm, I'm praying. I'm, I'm hitting this. I'm praying for a nation. I'm praying for these different things. But I had, I had forsaken. I had backed up from worshiping him. Oh, yeah, I do. I do a couple minutes, you know. Our Father in heaven, oh, you're, you're awesome. You're wonderful. I love you. But let me tell you. Three days of worshiping his feet changed everything. I said, man, the pull, the pull of the world, the, the pull even of my list. And you should have a list. It shouldn't just be American sniper. It should be Christian sniper. You should have a hit list as you're getting them. I was going through my list the other day. I, I enjoy hit me. I started laughing. They don't have a chance, God. They don't have a chance. I'm just laughing. <laughs> but our first ministry is in the hymn, in its worship, and loving him. And I love the worship. And our worship team this morning. Whew. My goodness. They always do an awesome job. Appreciate them so much. What if, and this was a thought, if Sodom, these people that think we don't love them, Muslims, homosexuals, all these, what if the mighty works of God were displayed to them? It's saying they would come to the Lord. What a way for us to win them. Wow. Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, he called for a corporate fast. Armies were coming against him. They didn't have a chance. They were so outnumbered. Once you see what he did, it's a critical, just an impossible situation, a critical time. Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast throughout Judea. And so um, Judah, Judah, Judea, Judah, gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from all the cities of Judah, and they came to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord. You don't do this without intention. You've got to set yourself on purpose to seek the Lord. You don't just fall into a fast. Oh, I'm going to fast sometime. You're not going to fast. It's not going to I'll fast tomorrow. And tomorrow you'll say, I'm going to fast tomorrow. It, it's, you got to set yourself. You got to do this intentionally, on purpose. I'm going to set myself to seek, seek the Lord. And that's what he did. In verse 13 says, Now all Judah with the little ones, their wives and their children stood before the Lord. They needed the direction, so everyone fasted. Verse 15. And this is God speaking through a prophet, said, Listen, all you of Judah, you inhabit Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord, Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, 
and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of drill. And you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Notice God gave them information, said how the enemy's going to attack. This is the way the enemy's going to come. And then God gave them direction and what to do. You need direction. Do you need to know from God what you need to do at this time in your life? Do you need some answers? Fast. Position yourself to hear from God. Do you need uh, deliverance? You're in an impossible situation. And you need God to intervene. Fast. Position yourself to receive from God. We're not trying to earn something from God. You're not getting points with God. Jesus already scored all the points that are available. We rest in his victory and what he did. Fasting positions us to receive from God. And then verse 21, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set up ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had came against Judah, and they were defeated. Wow, the battle's not the Lord's. And notice here, pray, fast, worship. The worshipers went first. Now, if you were on that worship team, you had faith. Because Jehoshaphat said, the worship team goes first before the army goes. It's a signal for us. For you do something, worship. What happened? The enemy defeated itself. God fought the battle. How many would you like God to fight your battle? Position yourself to receive from God. That this situation, I've got to have God intervene or I'm going to lose or I'm going to be defeated. The armies have surrounded me. Everything's coming against me. Position yourself to receive from God. My kids, it looks like they're, they're going to hell. Well, you need to raise hell out of them. Get some intercession. Get some praying going. And fast. Fast. Don't preach to them. Fast and pray. Let someone else preach to your kids. They don't want to hear what you have to say. There are some times you, you can, and you know what I'm talking about. Impossible. Nothing is impossible. And Jesus said... This kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. There's some places, there's some promises, there's some promised land that you'll not go to until king flesh is put under and you're able to hear God and go by the Spirit. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we don't want this world to have a hold on us. We want you to be number one first 
our first love, first place. You get the best of us, Lord, our, our first of our time, the first of everything, Lord. We worship you today. We give you all glory and all honor and all praise. Lord, we want your will. We want your plan. We want to be those that experience being used as vessels under your honor. We want to see you glorified. We want to see you honored. We want people to see the mighty works of God in us and flowing out of us. We want to be that helping hand. We want to be that love. We want to be that one that speaks a word in due season. We want to be that one, Lord, that brings healing. We want to be that one that points the way to Jesus. We want to be that one that brings in the lost. If you're tired of being tired, if you're tired of being passive about the things of God, you need to fast. If you're just spiritually dull, and you need your edge back fast. You need a miracle fast. You need to see God's salvation. God told him, be still. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. The battle's not yours. Be still and see the salvation of God. Salvation is a big word scriptures everything that you need could possibly ever desire is in that word receive today receive today how many are in an impossible situation you need God to intervene I just I want you to lift your hand Father, in the name of Jesus, for every hand that's raised in the impossible situation, we thank you that you're the God who does the impossible. That which is impossible in the natural, you do it. And Father, for each of these, we release our corporate faith at this time of prayer and fasting, and we believe God for a miracle, for a breakthrough. We believe, God, that you're on the scene and this battle is not theirs, but your battle. And they see your salvation. They see your hand of blessing in the land of the living. And they're never the same again. They're changed in Jesus' name. Somebody's neck has been hurting you, giving you a fit. God's touching your neck right now and bringing healing and wholeness. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. You find yourself going to man first and not God, you need to fast. You find yourself not even believing scriptures, believing things that God can do, you need to fast. First, you need to come to him. If you've never accepted Jesus as the Lord of your life, you need him. You need him to be Lord and Savior. He's a good father, like we sang this morning. He's merciful. He's kind. He's patient. He's mighty to free you 
and he'll give you new life. He'll give you a new heart for a new start. He'll give you abundant life. He'll give you steps to follow. He'll give you that direction. He'll give you that insight. He'll show you the way because he is the way and he is life. And there's fullness of joy and peace when you're his. If that's you today, if no one looking around, you need Jesus today, you want to accept him as Savior and Lord, just lift up your hand. We'll pray together. I'm going to ask you to come down. Or maybe today you realize that you are, you backslid. You realize that you're not with God the way that you once were and the way you need to be now. And you want to get right with him. I want you to lift your hand also. And we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we believe for each of these that have raised their hand. We believe that you hear and you answer prayer. Let's all pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus who died for me. Thank you for the cross. He took all my sins. Every place I missed it, he took it. I receive him as Lord and Savior. I put my total trust for my life, for all eternity, in his hands. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to live this life. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me today. I give you all the thanks in Jesus' name. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277. You are Lord, I'm a